Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze the movie Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. That would make me your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, how's it going? So far, so good. It's a Wednesday. Moving on to Minute 11 of Star Trek III. Um, minute 11 starts with the Bird of Prey continuing to move away from the merchantman ship and ends a minute later with Krug giving an order to his gunner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we get some more uh, some more goodness of, uh, of watching the Bird of Prey pull off. It's some really good, nice kind of close-ups as it flies by the camera. Yeah, um, I'm really like this is uh, this is a good scene. I really like this one. Okay, good. I'm glad we're talking about it. So the first thing we get is uh, the captain and the unnamed uh, co-pilot and Valkris um, yep. back inside the merchantman, and the captain saying, "What the hell is going on? When do I get paid off?" Now you would think a CD character like this, you know. Clearly, he's some kind of you know pirate bad guy, you know rough and rough around the edges. Wouldn't you know at this point? Uh, oh, the big bad Klingon ship's uh, moving away from me, and I haven't gotten paid yet. Wouldn't you be immediately like, "Let's get the hell out of here because we're about to get killed"? Yeah, uh, I would what? think that if you are a rogue of some sort, you know how these transactions go down. <laughs> exactly. If you haven't been paid yet, there's a problem. Don't they have movies in the Star Trek universe? They clearly they would have seen a movie like this before. <laughs> yeah. So I did. Uh, so I chuckled. I, uh, I my note was I would have been flooring it by now. <laughs> let's get out of here. I would have been like, let's get out of here. Um, so Valkyris, uh, for some reason, walks to the back of the room and says, "Don't worry, you'll get yours." Soon, essentially. Soon, Captain. Quite soon. Again, another like not so subtle. <laughs> You're screwed comment, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quite soon. This is, do you think, I mean, I love the sequence of the bird of prey, you know, moving off and flying yeah. away. Is it necessary <laughs> for them to do this? To move, are they just trying to get further away from it? Or are they really just trying, they're just going for drama to say, yeah, we're going to do a loop around and then we're going <laughs> to. Well, I don't think they could have, we know what happens during the minute. Um, I don't think they could have fired on them in the position they were in. Were they too close? I think they were right above them. So I think for them to, I think for them to do it, they had to sort of make a go out, make Yui come back, and then <laughs> fire. <laughs> That's right. They had to make a Yui. They had to make a Yui. Yeah, um, and I'm assuming that with the next con- the next conversation, the com is still open or are we seeing them just sort of speak these words with the comms closed because she says in Klingon Kapala Jawi Bangui Jay which means success my lord and my love oh and I guess uh, in the formal I was reading notes on this in the formal tongue it says success commander and my love not my lord. Yeah. 
so we have really have no clarity on our discussion room yesterday about, about my lord yeah because i guess yet when it's translated in the formal klingon which i didn't know there was a formal and informal klingon it says success commander and then and my love right and then krug's response uh well what was krug's response so his response was uh batla dakwalu ta and it says you will be remembered with honor yes i Everybody at home, you can't see me right now, but every time Dave speaks Klingon, I have a huge <laughs> smile on my face. So I just, well, I just have to keep reminding. Uh, so I like your question: uh, Is the com oh still open? I, yeah. I, oh, I want to think that it's not, and that this is makes it more heartbreaking. Yes, that's. So I would assume that once he says, um, you know, thrusters, that. Um, the comms have been closed and that they're moving away. And then that's why the captain sort of turns around and goes, what the hell, man? Where's the money? And, you know, and then it's just sort of like she's speaking to herself, you know, success and, you know, my love. And then she, he's sort of saying to himself, you know, you will be remembered with honor. Yeah, it's, uh, it's there's our answer. We're wondering what's going on here uh, between Krug and Valkyris. And clearly they are an item. Right. Um, and I, my question, so through 30 seconds of this minute, minute, I wondered over and over again, and this goes with my whole theory, you know, she's some sort of Klingon spy or Romulan spy or whatever, and that he, she collected this data, transmits a Krug. Why did that ever have to take place? Why did she just not get beamed over to the ship and they could have just went? Um, why does Why does this all necessary? That's a great question i mean they were they were clearly lovers she was a integral part of her his team and why why the necessity is it to show how ruthless krug is and how the klingons behave like this information is now sensitive and i need to remove anyone who's seen this information i mean that's clearly what they were talking about that you know in the last minute you know she says i have my lord he says that's unfortunate for you and she was like, "Oh, I get it. You're gonna you're gonna blow us away." Yep. And the only reason I can think of why he would do that is because she would he wouldn't know if the crew of the merchantmen had seen the data as well. That is probably the best reason. That's the only reason I can think of him not taking her with him and blowing the whole ship up with her on it. Right. Or it just speaks to Krug's character, and I think you just mentioned it as like, you know, leave no trace. Right, leave no traces. He, yes, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't want anybody uh, to know how he obtained the data, and so he's just yeah, getting rid of all, getting rid of all the witnesses. And unfortunately, right. he wasn't counting on his. Well, now what? What would have happened if she hadn't seen it? I don't know. That's a. I would don't know. Just, would he have just? pulled away and said thanks a lot see you Excellent. i'll see you next week when we uh we'll we'll catch up at you know, back in the home world hmm. i don't know it's more fun this way i think it also and, I, and you know i mentioned it, it i think it shows off his ruthlessness it shows off how they treat these yeah. I, I i don't i don't know what the word is but you know it's how they treat these incidents of you know they're showing how I don't want to say barbaric, but how barbaric the Klingon, you know, they're willing to kill one of their own to keep this information 
from falling into others' hands. I think it's I think it's an interesting what you just said there too is is it a is it a are they doing character development for Krug or are they showing us more about how Klingons behave? Right. And I think it's probably a little of both. They're reminding us that Klingons are warriors and you know honor and all you know all the things that we we know we we expect from Klingons now right really started here yeah i think that's i think that's a little a, a little of both in the story in the storytelling right so the klingon bird of prey is pulling away i didn't notice this at first until we were watching the minute but when the first shot of it pulling away <clears throat> over the top of the merchantman you can see the wings I thought the wings looked like they were moving, you know, moving down. I was like, oh, maybe yeah. I'm imagining it because the, cause the camera angle kind of swoops swoops down and up. But then the next shot that you see of vertebrae from behind, the wings are completely down. So that's a, that this down attack angle. Right, yeah. But I need I, to talk about that. No, I definitely, I definitely think when they start to move away that the wings are in the up configuration. And there is a definite movement of the wings are slowly going into attack formation, right? Which is a nice touch. Yes, I think it's a, I, not to go back to Rathacon, but I, one of the things I always loved about the Reliant and the Rathacon was the nacelles were down below. Yeah, kind of kind of gave it that predatory look. I'm feeling it again here. You know, the, the the wings are now at this down angle, and yeah, it looks like a it looks more like a bird of prey. Yeah. <laughs> but can we talk about the engine light? <laughs> sure. Um, I hate it. I, remember how I mentioned about the budget and <laughs> some things look really good and nice touches, and then there's other things where you're like, where did that money go? Where did that money go? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm looking into a fireplace. Right? Yeah, it's like it's like glowing really fast, and I'm like, okay, we've seen two movies before this with the Enterprise and the Impulse engines are just these red glowy things. That's all we need. We don't need more than the red glowy thing. We don't need the constant, you know, movement of the light making it look like it's actually a moving thing. It just distracts. It makes it right. look cheap. It does. It makes it look cheap. It, exactly. I, I, we could have just had a red, just, just a red glow. Even though this is a red, an orange glow. But I know what you're saying. We don't need to see look like, you know, there's heat coming off it or whatever. It's just, right. it's, and it's this shot is just, you know, as he as he's as he's doing his loop, it's, that's all I can see. I keep wanting to look at the ship itself, and I'm just staring at this stupid orange light. Well, when the ship comes in and, you know, it, it, it blows away the merchantman machine, it looks really cool. I mean, it, it just looks menacing. It looks very, like you said, predatory. But then when it flies away, that's when I'm really, like, pulled out and I'm like, well, that's totally a model. That <laughs> just looks – it just makes it look cheap. Like, you know, and I hate saying that, but – and, I, again, I question, you know, you have this bigger budget. You're going to make a bigger movie and you, you – you know how to make an impulse engine look like why, like why change it? I'm going to give, you know, Leonard Nimoy and Harv and all the filmmakers a break. And maybe the initial footage of this, it, it, it 
didn't look good enough. And somebody probably said, you know what, we need to make that look a little more active. And so ILM went back and colored in mm. you know, the flames. <laughs> it looks like a flame. Uh, so maybe that's what happened. But yeah, it's for, for as great a minute this is, that's a, that's a bummer. So anyway, uh, as um, so Krug gives the order, bah, Fuck. fire. Yeah. I love this shot. I, I, it starts firing phasers and, and we get a nice, a nice phaser right in the face. It just, as it's kind of swinging by uh, the phaser, one of the phaser blasts just comes directly into the camera. Yeah. I love that shot. It blows up the merchantman ship. Yeah, that's now, was Merchantman the name of the ship? Yes. Well, were they Merchantmen? <laughs> they were both. I always, I always wanted to know that. I'm like, we've been talking about the Merchantmen, and like, are they Merchantmen? And they're just on, it's just, we just call it the Merchantmen machine because they're Merchantmen? I believe it's, the, the ship is called the Merchantmen. Okay. That would be like, that would be like pirates on their ship, pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we get a nice. Uh, so it's you know how long have we how how long has the merchantman been on screen? Like a minute, and yeah. already it's gone, blown away. Yeah. Ho- hope you didn't like that ship too much because it's gone. We barely knew you. Good explosion. I mean, they spent good money on that explosion. Yeah, and the merchantman's engines before they explode look pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, like what the hey. Yeah. So cut to the interior. I I love this in, in film when 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 you know they the the editing of sequences like this. Mm. Um, Star Trek is not guilt. This film is not guilty of it. Like it it happens all the time. We get an ex- exterior shot of the ship <laughs> exploding in a huge fireball, and the next thing you see is everybody on on the bridge. <laughs> the explosion hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, but in this shot, you, you see the captain and the first uh, first officer. But then we see a new guy um, in the off to the left, uh, some kind of alien that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I I think I was saying this to you offline. Like I totally glanced over this. I don't know how many times I've seen the movie, and even scrubbing through the minute. I always ever thought there was the three people on the ship. It was the, the captain, his first officer and you know valkris i when you told me you're like oh i have information about the alien i'm like what alien <laughs> the and, alien dave and now i i see it and i see the alien i see him he's he reminds me of you only get like a you have to pause it right uh to get a to get a good look at him and he reminds me of the alien lou gossett jr played in enemy mine oh enemy mine yep yeah. Do you remember Enemy Mine? Yep. When's the last time you saw that movie? Probably when it came out. <laughs> I remember watching that one like a thousand times on HBO. It was on all the time. Um, and so when as soon as I saw this guy when, we were doing, when I was doing research, I'm like, oh, Enemy Mine. I, I have to go back and watch it. But anyway, so here's the trivia about this guy, right? Um, I don't have a name for him. He's just you know uh, a merchantman crew member. Um, however... He is being played by uh, this gentleman named Tom Morga. He's a stuntman slash stunt actor, which you know pretty frequently in 
we've, we've been learning in the Star Trek films, all these background characters uh, seem to have the same title, stuntman slash stunt, stunt actor. Um, but Tom Morga holds the record for the most seen actor slash stuntman in all of Star Trek. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. In, yep. Between 1979, so motion picture, and 2005, he appeared in six Star Trek films, all four series, and he's played almost every major species in Star Trek. He's been a Klingon, a Romulan, a Cardassian, a Borg. He's been everything. Wow. Um, and I will we'll have to po- post it on the website or something. Um, his list of all the characters he's played in Star Trek is amazing. It just it's just you just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and they have all these. Uh, someone has gone through and taken you know, like a screen cap of every character he's played. Um, he's all over the place. Um, so this this alien you see for half a second yep. uh, in this film played by a guy who holds the record for being in the most Star Trek. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Very cool. So, Tom Morga. Tom Morga. Unsung hero of Star Trek. All right, moving on. Bird of Prey. Cut back to the Bird of Prey exterior and he flying through the wreckage. Yep. I'm a huge fan of <laughs> ships flying through the wreckage. <laughs> Of, of the ships they just blown up. Yeah, I, I love it. Any any movie, any movie where they do this, I love it. Um, and again, kudos to ILM. Uh, Bird of Prey is not just flying through uh, a ball of fire; they're actually flying through a ball of fire and debris. And debris, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is great. Debris, chunks of chunks of ship that's still on fire, um, and even the cutaway. Uh, they you know, the reverse angle is the Bird of Prey. You know moving off the wings are going back up and then in its wake you just see all, the, <laughs> all this debris from the merchantman i'm like that is fantastic big fan of that shot yeah it looks great it I makes agree. me uh, did you uh made me think a little bit of the uh the trash dumping scene in empire strikes back empire strikes back a little bit yeah a little bit waiting to see slave one kind of pop out of the pop out and fly away all right thanks i needed to need to share. I love that scene. Then we cut back into Krug. Krug's talking again, Dave. Yep. He says, uh, oh boy, what does he say? He says, which is a new course Federation neutral zone. But I think he says something different in uh, the novel. He says, execute a course to the Federation boundary. That makes so- more sense to me, actually. Because saying Federation neutral zone, yeah, like, like, well, isn't it just the neutral zone? Well, I think I, we talked about this a little bit um, in Wrath of Khan minute when we when uh, they did the Kobayashi Maru test mm-hmm. and they go into obviously the neutral zone. I think there are different neutral zones. I think you have treaties with different. Depending on the yeah Romulans, yeah, and, like you have the you have the Romulan neutral zone, the Klingon neutral zone, you know, and clearly they have a Federation neutral zone from their point of view, right? So do you think so? So it must be just depending on 
who you are, right? So the Federation folks are looking at the same location. That's the Klingon neutral zone. A Klingon looking at it would call right. it the Federation neutral zone. Okay, all right. But I agree that it makes more sense to say execute a course to the Federation boundary. That makes, to me, as a, as a viewer, makes more sense if that were the subtitle than new course Federation neutral zone. Yes, right, because then we, we start to, my mind is already starting to unravel again trying to think about what's the shape of a neutral zone right <laughs> but i know we talked about that last season so i'm not going to go there again so then he uh he's you know gets out of his chair walks towards the door go- just about goes through the door and then fifi growls very loudly he turns around and he exclaims uh Yishé, and which means feed him and um which in the novel, I think it actually says, you may have the honor of feeding my pet. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, unfortunately, this minute cuts us off right in the middle of the gag, right? Yes. So do we talk about the gag now, or do we talk about it in the next minute? Should we wait till Friday? We can wait till Friday. All right. Let's wait till Friday. So yeah, you have the honor of feeding my pet. The gunner turns around and is looking at him, and that's where we stop. So, actually, the um, the the gunner or whoever the the officer is, he actually we only hear part of what he says. But apparently, the line is uh, Luke, uh, Luke, Ja, Jawi, which means yes, my lord. But we only hear the second part of it because he says it at the same time that Krug is talking. So it's sort of like they're talking over each other. So we only hear the Jawi part. Gotcha. And then it ends with him. Uh, I think it actually ends with the uh, with uh, menacing picture of Fifi. Yes. Yep. Which actually looks pretty looks pretty menacing there. It does, and the more I you know the more I look at it, the more I agree with your comment about how it totally looks like a Skeksy from uh, Dark Crystal. But you know, it also looks like it looks like the uh, those weird dog things from Ghostbusters. Uh, I don't know. I think the snout's a little too long. Okay, right. And the ears aren't big enough. Yeah. All right, we'll stick with Skeksis. <laughs> okay, well then, that's all. I, I, I have a little bit more uh, about the gunner, but I think we'll save it for, for Friday. Unless you had a, do you have any other... I do not. Anything else for this minute? Okay. All right, well, let's wrap it up then. And folks, I uh, want to invite you to uh, join us on the Star Trek Minute Listener Federation on Facebook. You can join up, uh, join that group and... Uh, share your thoughts about Star Trek Three or any of the other Star Trek films, Star Trek in general. There's obviously lots of cool Star Trek things happening right now. Um, we know that Star Trek Discovery is going to be out. Mm. Um, it may actually, by this time, I'm this airs, might actually be on the air. <laughs> Maybe. So, um, so we may either be disappointed or excited. <laughs> Star Trek Discovery. But anyway, come on over to the Listener Federation, and um, we will be back again on Friday talking about Minute 12 of Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock, here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Shah-wee.